Episode 5 of Pop with Ken Mills and Courtney Dold. Ask us anything, right, Courtney? You can ask us anything. our show thanks yeah. for listening everyone <laughs> and welcome back to your podcast pop a pop culture podcast i am one of your hosts here today ken mills and i am joined by courtney cronin dold hello courtney hello ken what's popping in your world today um nothing just got my iced coffee. I'm excited to answer some of our listeners' questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it coming down from a little high last night at the Clippers game. So definitely uh, feeling, had a good time last night, feeling it this morning a little bit. Now you went to the Clippers. That's a uh, hockey or <laughs> foosball or something. What is, what is it? No. It b- is. Basketball, it's, basketball. That's the one with the shorts. competitive pogo stick hopscotch. Very <laughs> competitive big. Competitive pogo sticking. No, of course, it's it's basketball. So so tell me about the, the game with the Clippers. Who, who did they play? They played the Sacramento Kings, mm-hmm. and it was the last regular season game before the playoffs start next week. I went with my friend Aaron Foley, the hilarious host of Sports Without Balls on the All Things Comedy Network. And, she is very um, funny. She is very, very funny. And she's such a cool person. Unfortunately, her co-host and my other very dear friend, Trish Sir, uh, could not be there. But my whole family was there, pretty much, except my sister and my cousins are visiting from from Boston. My mother's cousin, Mary Olivia, and her husband, Charles. And they're the cool cousins. Mm-hmm. They're the cool ones. So they are super fun and... We just had a wonderful time last night. It was it was really great. And and my cousin Charles, um, Mary's husband, it was on his bucket list to go to Staples. He tried to, um, when he was traveling for work, visit mm-hmm. the basketball, wherever the basketball local team played on each trip. And he'd never been to Staples. And Staples is a really nice stadium. It's really beautiful. And, you know, L.A., everybody has to feel like they're special. So there's three levels of, of suites, mm-hmm. which is like insane. We just whooped it up, Ken. We just had a lovely time, and the Clippers won by quite a bit, although that wasn't a surprise. Sacramento doesn't have much of a team right now. so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Paul Pierce's last regular season game, and he's retiring this year, so he came out. He only played for two minutes, but I'm a big Paul Pierce fan, of course, cause we're, and we're all from Boston, so we love our Paul Pierce. So we were all going crazy, and I had my Paul Pierce, the truth, headband on. Yeah, what does that mean, the, the truth? How is that's that? His, that's his name. That's his nickname. The truth. Yeah. Damn, I got to get a nickname like that, like Ken the Awesome Mills or Ken the Reality Mills, something like that. You're the pot father. I know, but I want something like the truth, the judge. I'll be the judge. (laughs) Something stupid. (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, you mentioned you have the cool cousins. Did they have like switchblades and their hair slicked back and... No, they're older. They're closer to my parents' age. It's my mother's cousin. But it's like whenever you see, like, the cool guy in a movie or something, he's always, like, got a switchblade and a cool comb. Well, they do dress really cool. My mom's always like, oh, I got this because Mary Olivia has this. And they both have the same sunglasses and the same purse. And Mm -hmm. 
It's very cute. By the way. Anyway, this is not interesting. Why are we talking about this? Because right. it's cool. It's cool. By the way, is your dad think I'm the complete weirdo for like, you know, calling him? No, not at all. Oh, cool. Because I really meant it when I said, can I call you dad? I, I'm going to show up at Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, oh yeah, our Thanksgiving, we don't cook anymore because we have a vegan, we have a, a pescatarian, my mother doesn't eat turkey, nobody feels like cooking, so we just go to my dad's golf club and do the buffet because what's the point? Wow, okay, that's cool. And you know who else does the buffet every year? We get, we all get excited waiting to see her, Angela Lansbury and her family. Wait a second. Yes. So, so when you do Thanksgiving... Angela Lansbury shows up. Yes. From Murder, She Wrote. That one. Yes. From Beauty and the Beast. From, wow. You just live in a different world than I do. Well, her son belongs there. He golfs Ah. there. So when he he brings the whole family there Mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving. And that, I have to tell you, she looks beautiful. She, that woman is aged very well. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. And she always dresses so elegant and... When she enters the room, it's like everyone's head turns. It's like, oh, my God, there she is. She's just so lovely. And wow. we're just dying to talk to her. But it's Thanksgiving. And, it's you know, so we, we've never bothered her. One woman was very tacky and had her granddaughter, who I'm positive and has no freaking idea who she is, go up and ask her for an autograph one time. And I'm just like, it's Thanksgiving. She's with her family. Leave her alone. You know? Well, maybe she's thankful for her fans. So maybe. Oh, it, I'm sure she is. But know. it was, I don't know. I know. To me, when somebody's eating, just let them be. You know, this is their downtime. I agree. I kind of agree with that. Like, um, I'm always wary of approaching someone Mm -hmm. in public, like, you know, because of the restraining orders. Well, exactly. You know, you got to be diligent. You know, you got to you got to make sure you don't violate the restraining orders. It's very important. (laughs) (laughs) So what's new with you, Ken? What's popping in your world? Well, we all know. <laughs> yeah, I met uh, Gene Simmons again, and it was really cool, and got to hang out with Christy and the Button Queen. And if you want to hear all about that, check out our other sister show, Podkist, episode 134. It's pretty darn cool, isn't it? <laughs> it's really it's a really good episode. I, and I, was, I even put on my Facebook, like, even if you're not a fan of KISS, you know, you know who Gene Simmons is, but you, you're a fan of something. So mm-hmm. you know what that feels like to, to meet someone you admire and someone you're a fan of and to have it go so well and to have such a, a wonderful experience and, and to be able to share it with people who really, you know, they want, they do care. They want to hear every detail and every, you know, little bit about it. And, mm-hmm. um, so I, and I, so I, I, you know, I introduced it that way on on my Facebook because everybody who I'm friends with that's a Kiss fan, I'm friends with somewhere else on Facebook too. Right. You know, if you're not a huge fan of Kiss, I think it's an interesting story, and I think you'll find it fun. And if you like rock and brews, we talk a lot about rock and brews. Mm-hmm. And I, I just that's want to tell you, you were extremely funny on that episode. It's very funny. It's it's hard not to be funny when it's uh, you and Gary, and sometimes I'm funny. <laughs> I think you're sometimes always I, funny. I love sometimes you. Sometimes I do that for a living, and people pay me. And uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but what you won't hear on podcast episode 134 is the missus and I. We we drove up to St. Louis, and uh, boy, that was a fun drive. What happened? Well, it's it, it's 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 not so much that anything bad happened. Like 
But like, have you ever noticed how people treat their GPSs? Like when you first get into the car and you're loading up the GPS and plug it in and put your destination in, there's like a contract. There's like a hope. You know what I mean? It's like you're happy to be with the GPS. But then as you go on, like my wife would yell at the GPS, shut up or you're stupid or things like that. <laughs> and if you make one wrong turn or whatever, it just gets really incredibly annoying after a while. And it's just weird because the anger levels, like the, it, it just increases to the point where you wouldn't talk to a human the way you're talking to your GPS. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, the, and the poor GPS didn't ask you to go along on the ride. You're inviting it to come along. You know what I mean? And it's it's weird. Like as soon as you like get close to your destination, it's like, will you shut up? And you just like unplug the thing when you know where you're at. You know what I mean? I got it. I got it. Turn left to reach your. You just the poor GPS, the abused GPS. You just smack it right off the dash. <laughs> no, seriously, it can get annoying. So do you know I did on my phone? I have an iPhone and I use that for my GPS. Mm-hmm. I have the voice. You can choose what voice you want Siri to be, who also will read you your directions. Mm-hmm. I have a British man. Ah. And it's very soothing and very calm. Like so. You know, and it's like, turn left in 200 feet. You know, it's calming. It's not annoying. Instead of that robotic, you know, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> like, so annoying. So try yeah. the British voice. I'm, it's I'm, nice. I think I need to after this trip. But it was weird. We stopped and got gas. So we pulled off. And the whole time, recalculating, turn left to, you know. And mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. We... As we were pulling to, you know, in to get gas, there was, the road was YMCA road. <laughs> so, That's but funny. see, you know, normally it would say like, stop at Johnsonville road, right? This would say letter Y, letter M, letter. So each, each YMCA, you, it would, it would spell that out continually. So we'd make like three or four short little turns to to get to the gas pump, and it's like recalculating. Uh-huh. <laughs> Turn left oh, to get God. on. Yeah, you have to shut it off. Letter Y, letter M, letter just shut up, shut up, shut up. So abuse to GPS. So that's a real thing, man. Be nice to your GPS, right? That's right. Yes. They're gonna get you where you need to go. Today on our show, we are just going to play a couple songs that we like and more importantly we're going to answer your questions in a segment we're going to call ask us anything ask, ask us, us anything. anything ask us anything ask, ask us, us anything. anything that's the sting i love that theme song that's great <laughs> So we threw it out to our Facebook group. We said, hey, why don't you guys ask us anything you want? We'll just do a quick episode about it. And we promise we will read everything on there. And, uh, boy, there's, 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 there's some cool stuff here. Yeah. Okay, our first question. Mark Konzorowski. If you could pick only one Beatles song, one Kiss song, and one monkey song to survive for the next 1,000 years. Which one do you pick? Courtney, one oh. Beatles song, one kiss, and one monkeys. 
There can only be one. Okay. Beatles. Here comes the sun. Okay. Now, why that one? It's it's one that I just like to listen to over and over. It's just Mm -hmm. a pretty song. All right. So I could wake up to that, and then I could do my daily... I almost said daily duties, but that sounds like I'm just going to poop all day. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, everyone I'm does sorry, a daily folks. duty. Um, I'm sorry? Everyone does a daily duty. Right, but you don't need to do it all day. All right, so like all day long, I for Kiss, my Kiss song would be, I'm trying to think of a Kiss song that I could listen to forever and it wouldn't start to annoy me um, now, now hold on a second this is one that would survive for the next 1000 years like only one song right uh, that's really hard that's what she said I know well I know the monkey song I would choose would be the door into summer really why that yeah, one I just really like that song and I like singing it With his fool's gold stacked up all around him From a killing in the market on the lawn The children of King Midas there As they found him in his counting house Where nothing counts but more And he thought he heard the echoes of a penny whistle band This travel logs of maybe next year places As a trade-in for a name upon the door And he pays for it with years he cannot buy back with his tears When he finds out there's been no one keeping score And he thought he heard the echoes of a penny whistle band And the laughter from a distant caravan And the brightly painted line of circus Wagons in the sand Fading through the door into summer Yes, he thought he heard the echoes of a penny whistle band And the laughter from a distant caravan And the brightly painted line of circus Wagons in the sand Fading through the door into Wow, one Beatles song. This is so tough because the Beatles are my one true love, right? Mm-hmm. I love them above all other musical acts. Um, 
it would have to come down to a choice between Day Tripper mm. and In My Life. Because, like, I want In My Life played at my funeral, right? Not to be, like, morbid, but, you know. On the other <laughs> hand, Day... <laughs> on the other hand, Day Tripper is, like, the number one song of all time. So, should we flip a coin or... Because I don't know how else to do, to do this, right? Yeah, flip a coin. All right, hold on a second. Day Tripper it is. Oh, that hurts. That hurts so bad. There's some choices in life I can't make. As far as one Kiss song that would last a thousand years, a lot of Kiss fans will be mad at me for my choice. Rock and roll all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, seriously, if there's another civilization that finds our, you know, destroyed apocalyptic ruins, I hope that they can find an iPod somewhere that has rock and roll all night on it. It'll say this is this is how we knew how to party, right? Mm-hmm. Monkey song. This is tough. Uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Oh, that's good. Uh, Both from Pisces Aquarius, we chose. Yeah, but I, again, I'm torn because like Last Train to Clarksville. How can you beat that lick, right? And I don't know this, if I could listen to that for a thousand years, though. Yeah, I know, but it's weird because Last Train to Clarksville and Clarksville and Day Tripper kind of had that. You know, kind of yeah, cool guitar thing. So, so there there are picks: Day Tripper, Rock and Roll Night, Pleasant Valley Sunday, and you chose Dora Here Comes the summer. Sun. Um, Here Comes the Sun, and I feel I don't know why my heart's just telling me Firehouse. Firehouse by Kiss. Well, there you go. Yeah.
The wonderful Brendan Castle writes, what was your first concert and how did it leave an impression on you? Hmm. Well, my first concert, they were very close together, my first two concerts, so I'm mm-hmm. not totally sure which one was first, but I'm pretty sure the first concert was the Beach Boys and then the second one, which didn't really do too much except make me realize I liked live music because I was really young. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was the Go-Go's with a little band called In Excess opening for them. Oh, my God. On their first U.S. tour. pretty That was pretty cool. I had no idea how cool it actually was at the time because mm-hmm. I was a little kid who just wanted right. to see the Go-Go's. But then I got to see In Excess and I was like, God, these guys are cool. And then they they exploded pretty quickly after that. So, What's your favorite In Excess song? Um... Probably, uh, probably Mystify keeps coming to my head. That's good. But yeah. the ultimate in excess song is Don't Change. Oh, that's a great song. As a matter of fact, let's play Don't Change right now.
whoever you are, wherever you are, don't change a thing. Don't don't change a thing for you or me. That's such a great song. It is. It's killer. Excellent. Excellent question. Very good question. Yeah. What was yours, Ken? Well, you know, I had seen a bunch of bands, right, as a kid. But I wouldn't say that they were concerts, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes you would be at like at an amusement park and there'd be a band playing. But I don't consider those concerts, right? I'm going to have to say it's Kiss on the Destroyer Tour. And did it have an impact on me? Still having an impact on me to this day. There was something dark and mysterious about it. And it was wonderful. Thank you, Uncle Gary, for taking me to see Kiss back in 1976. Thank you so much. I'll never forget my Uncle Gary. He was the coolest guy in the world. He he loved music and shared music. And that was back when that meant giving you an album, not uh, ripping someone off on Napster. So. Right, right. <laughs> I know. I know. I do feel a little guilty sometimes for my Spotify mixes, but I do own most of this music. I have paid for it at one time or another. Yeah, but Spotify I, is a legitimate legal thing. so It yeah. is. It is. But, you know... I. I uh, I do feel weird about that, but I always buy merch at every show I go to. Mm-hmm. I support every band that I love, and I go see a lot of live music. I do go often, so I am a big supporter of the music that I love and the bands that I love. Very Financially, good. even though I'm not wealthy. Sarah Clark wants to know, what is your Hogwarts house? Oh, I'm totally a Hufflepuff. A Hufflepuff? Huh? Would it make me bad to say I want to be a Slytherin? Because I'm a no. bad boy. I'm no, a bad you're boy. you're not. No, yes, you're I not. am. No, I would... What's what's Harry's? Uh, Gryffindor. I'm going to go Gryffindor because Harry's there, right? Right. It's the safest. I'm going right. to go with Harry. Got to. I'm going to Hufflepuff because it's the funniest sounding one. Right. Carolee Cohen writes, What is your top favorite TV show vehicle? Without a question, you know what mine is, right? Top favorite TV show vehicle? As in, like, car? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yours is the Batmobile, right? Absolutely the Batmobile, hands down. Second yeah. place? Uh, the Monkey Mobile. The Monkey Mobile. That, That's that would my be first. That would, so you picked the Monkey Mobile, I picked the Batmobile. And if I could get away with it, I would say Starship Enterprise, but those cannot be legally driven on a highway as of yet. Not without a Class C. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Joe Royland asks, what are each of your all-time favorite flavors of Pop-Tarts? <laughs> I get it because the show is called Pop. Okay. That's cute. I don't eat Pop-Tarts, but when I was a kid, it was strawberry. No frosting, though. Just right. strawberry. Strawberry all the way for me, too. Yeah, it was, that was the original. Joe Royland's favorite is brown sugar cinnamon. Now, the bonus question is Kellogg's competitor, Nabisco, came up with their own version of toaster pastry not long after Pop-Tarts debuted. Can you name what they were called? Uh, toaster strudel? Mmm. Is that what it is? This actually made me check into this, right? There were some other companies that did some things. There was one thing called Country Squares in 1963 from Post. Uh-huh. Pop-Tarts, Kellogg's quickly developed their own version, and that's pretty much, I mean, it's it's almost like Pop-Tart is the word for toaster pastry snacks, right? So Kellogg's really, like, kind of owned that. 
But what Joe's referring to, I believe, are Nabisco Toastits, which is now owned by Kraft Foods. They created their own toaster pastry called Toastits to compete with Kellogg's Pop Tarts. The brand, which can be dated back to 1967, was discontinued in 2002 after a failed marketing effort to tie Toastits in with Nabisco's children brands. Yeah, the, because it sounds like tits. <laughs> toast tits. Toast tits. Hot. Um, I have some of those tits. Yeah. Nice toast tits, Courtney. How's it going? Exactly. Your, yeah. You can ask for toast tits. It's too hard to say that. Mm-hmm. Pop tarts. Pop tarts rule. Mm-hmm. There's also toastum pop-ups. Have you ever heard of those? No, but um, but you do. Before we finish this segment, I we should go out on the the toaster strudel, which was Pillsbury, their version of the pop tart. I'm I'm um, headed there. I'm headed there. Yeah. Then there was toastables by Quaker Oats, and of course the what's what many call the Cadillac of the toasted pastry thing, toaster strudels. Right. Pillsbury. But they have the most <laughs> unbelievably offensive commercial. I mean, I guess, I don't know if you I don't know if it's really offensive. It's just so lazy. It's like, hey everyone, here's what we think Germans are like. <laughs> little little blonde kids in later hose and named Hans, you know, running around with strudels going, Guten Tag, yeah. It's like so <laughs> I, I just noticed it only because I'm married to a German and I go to Germany quite a bit. I guarantee that I've never seen anybody like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've been to Bavaria, and it's a different culture than the western part of Germany, and I've never seen anybody like this young man. It is uh, <laughs> pretty wild. We play this, it's just so awful. Sure. Kevin! Toast us yeah? Oh my god, that's frightening. Uh-huh. Good lord, what was that? That's uh-huh. a real thing? Uh-huh. What year was this made? 2014. Two years ago. Good lord. That's frightening. I gotta hear that again. Kevin! yeah? I honestly don't know what to say about that. Honestly, I isn't it just unbelievable? It's like it's do you creepy. want to offend Germany, Switzerland, or Austria? You know what? Fuck it. Let's just offend all three, and throw in all three lazy American. We don't know anything about the part this part of the world stereotypes. Well, what scares me is the kid looks like one of those Children of the Damned kids. He looks dead. It's like yes. a ghost. Yes. It's it's scary. It's scary. It's disturbing. It's so incredibly ridiculous. And I get the point. They want you to think that it's like authentic, you know. Right. Strudel. Just, yeah. What the hell, man? Just a strudel. Small fruit in the filling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Warm, flaky, gooey. Just a strudel. Now with more fruit. Isn't now with more fruit. So awful. That is frightening shit right there. Uh-huh. Bomb, flaky, gooey. That's, that sounds like a hot date right there. Warm, flaky, and gooey. <laughs> that is frightening stuff. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Oh, no. 
Okay. So. Yeah. And and these of course have the distinction where you get the little icing, you know, plastic package with the icing in it, and you can right. put it on your own. Right. But and, you know what? If I'm putting strudel in a toaster, I'm too fucking lazy to open up an icing packet and put it on myself. <laughs> these have a huge distinction over other pop tarts or toaster pastry. Do you know what it is? Mm, the holes. Well, it could be that, but these must be frozen. Like, for example, oh. Pop-Tarts, they can sit on a shelf for, like, 10,000 years. Right. Yeah, they're like Oreos or Twinkies. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's weird, these Nabisco Toast-It things, yeah. Toast-Its, there is a huge online call for these things to come back. There are a lot of people that love their Toast-Its. Hmm. I know I love Toast-Its. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not, that... not going to touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Parton's Toast Tits. That would be a, <laughs> a large product for her, probably. Yeah, strudel. Yeah. Yavol. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Toast our strudel. I mean, oh, God. It's very scary stuff. Stefan saw that and just thought it was hilarious. He just couldn't believe how stupid it was. But, you know, I'm sure, it, you know, what? it's funny to see the stereotypes of our country. Yeah. Like, the first time I went to Germany, um, one of my husband's friend's girlfriend was much younger than him. So I basically could be her mother. Like, she was so young. And one of her friends asked me if, um, if we eat at Subway and Burger King every day. If, if Americans really do that. Isn't that really? funny? Uh-huh. That's weird. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, no. So there we go, toast tits. So there you go. I, I hope that's... Tits. Yeah. I, you know, you can you can get away with saying that. You saying it, it's, it's funny. Okay. And by the way, we want to send a shout-out to Joe Royland, who does a very cool podcast called Sit and Spin with Joe. And you might think that uh, it's it's about those old sit and spins, but no, it's about him playing records. So there you go. <laughs> so check Very it out. Nice. Sit and spin with Joe. All righty. Our next question comes from Christine Carlson Wolf. You ready for this? Yes. I bet What's it's a good your one. favorite swear word, and do you ever make them up? Oh gosh, I make them up all the time. I probably. Oh, yeah. I probably make up more swear words than I do actual swear words. Yeah. I always say mother of chicken. Mother of chicken. <laughs> yeah. Like instead of saying like mother effer or whatever, I always go mother of chicken. See, I do things like dick fuck. Ooh. Like, like that guy's a complete dick fuck, you know. Mm -hmm. But then it makes your mind wonder like what actually is a dick fuck? Like how does that work? Uh, I have this image of sword fighting in my head. <laughs> or Something yeah. like that. So I, I constantly make up horrible, horrible swear words. And, and really goofy, funny things, right? But what's your actual favorite swear word? It's got to be the F word, right? The F word? Yeah. I always swear in German. So I <gasps> say scheiße. Which means? Shit. Ah. So how do you say shit in German again? 
Scheiße. Ah, and and Eichschlag is. Ausschlag is asshole. Ausschlag. Uh -huh. What's the F word in uh, German? Fick. Fick. Mm -hmm. So we are very educational as well as fun. So there we, we go. We teach you... languages here. Yeah, we're, we're teaching, breaking down barriers with love and swearing. <laughs> yeah, I swear in German unless I'm in Germany, of course. And then, uh, but I think I just pretty much say shit. I say mother of chicken and um, I don't know, darn it. I guess I say the F word sometimes, but not really very often. I don't swear very often. I try not to. Yeah. I try not to. But there's a pl time and a place for everything. True. Our next question comes from Michael Rice, too. And sorry if we offended anybody, but it's all Courtney's fault. Um, <laughs> Michael Rice, too, writes, If the Monkees quit the TV show and created a new band on their own, and the Beatles had their own TV series, not the cartoon discuss. Hmm. So let's say, I, I, I think what Michael's saying is, if the Monkees quit the TV show and created a new band, what would have happened? Right? Right. I, I think pretty much it would have worked out exactly like it did. I yeah. think that they would have been forever tainted with the monkey's experience, right? Right. I don't think they ever would have been able to get away from that because, I mean, that's how it all began. Mm -hmm. And they pretty much did break off and do their own thing once they were out of Don Kirshner's, you know... I'm trying to explain what you'd call that. But once yeah. they were out of those contracts and they couldn't they go they could go off when they made the albums after the show was over. That that was all on their own, wasn't it? They were yeah. I mean they had to pay some kind of royalty or something, right? Just to use the name. Right. But, but here's here's the weird thing. Like because they were the monkeys, they weren't they weren't cool in like accepted culture, right? Right, right. Well, Musician, like for musicians, people always wanted to ignore the fact that they were actually musicians and did write songs, and people just refused to believe that. I, I, even to this day, when I tell people I'm a Monkees fan, somebody, some idiot always has to go, but they didn't play their own instruments. Oh, it's like, oh God, sit down, let me, let me educate you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let me explain, you know, but people still do say that. Well, it's really weird because uh, I was talking to Christine about this today. We were talking about the Beatles, right? And it seemed like back in the 50s and 60s, the older generation allowed the kids to have their thing, right? Mm -hmm. And, but like, you take a look at like when Hannah Montana and Justin Bieber came out, like adults had like sharpened knives and forks ready to carve them up. You know what I'm saying? Yes. This will not be tolerated. And I remember people like posting about how horrible Justin Bieber was and how horrible his hair was. And I like got a picture of the Beatles getting getting off a plane in 1964 and posted it right alongside his. And it's like, I don't see much difference. And it's not that I'm a Justin Bieber fan. I just, you just kind of got to point the reality out to people that if you're going to make fun of Justin Bieber for his haircut, remember John Lennon wore that in like 1965, right? Right. So that's kind of weird, but it's weird. I remember like hearing about how my great grandpa Artman, when the Beatles came on Ed Sullivan, he was sitting there going, woo. And then my mom and my aunts would like kind of get, Hey, don't do that. Don't make fun of the Beatles. We love the Beatles. And he'd be sitting there going, woo, 
just every once in a while when they were singing She Loves You. Mm-hmm. But he didn't like go gonzo on social media about how we've got to wipe out the Beatles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's it's weird. We used to allow kids to have their thing, and we don't we don't do that now. But then again, it seems like adults are really into this arrested development. You have people with NASCAR rooms and KISS rooms and this is my monkey's room, this is my Dallas Cowboys room, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. I remember when we used to have rooms for people <laughs> instead of your collection. I but, know. I uh, have my rock and roll closet. That's just what it's called. That's like a closet that's like a small room. It's a big, big closet. Mm-hmm. That's got all my rock and roll in it. And the second part of Michael Rice's question is, if the Beatles had their own TV series, not the cartoon, what what would that have been like? I would have been against it because it would, probably would have interfered with them creating so much music. I mean, they did so much in such a short amount of time, right? True, and uh, they were funny. I bet it would have been a funny, fun show. Those guys were pretty funny. Oh, they could uh, have done it, but it would have got in the way of uh, their musical output, so it, it could not have been. True, and it might have, maybe they wouldn't be the band that everybody refers to the way they do. Like, if it weren't for the Beatles, and the Beatles this, and, mm-hmm. you know, you guys, this is definitely very Beatly, and this is out of Beatles sound, like, maybe it would have tainted that a little bit, you know, kind of cheesed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because people, you know, well, always then, are so quick to use the word sellout right. when, you know, they have, know nothing about this business and realize how unbelievably difficult it is to make money in this business and in music and in entertainment you sometimes have to do things that people call selling out well you need to pay your bills right you know but here's the weird thing i mean when you think about like let's let's compare the beatles to like backstreet boys okay and i'm not talking about their musical let's not no no there's there's a reason (laughs) i'm going with something here no i'm sure you are no go ahead so 1964 the beatles show up in america she loves you i want to hold your hand Three years later, Sergeant Pepper. Five years later, Helter Skelter. Mm-hmm. Could that would be the equivalent of the Backstreet Boys playing Metallica or Slayer type music, going from danceable pop to like thrash? You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. They totally reinvented themselves continually, and there's there's two bands that I think really get shafted as far as. You know, they're, they're not cool because they were on TV. One of them was The Monkees, which was a TV show about a band that became a musical act. And the other one was a musical act that became a TV band because of Dick Clark giving them a slot. But Paul Revere and the Raiders. And both of them are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It really makes me sad because the Raiders, they're garage rock. They're awesome. And I don't understand how we totally disregard them. Yes, I, I understand. I've been a little disappointed in what's going on with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as are many of your listeners. Right. Not just with the monkeys, but I cannot understand how Squeeze is not in the Hall of Fame. Not, just, they are still touring. They're still a band. They're still making albums. They're still selling out. They're still in demand. They mm-hmm. still have a very devoted fan base, and they... I mean, they were they were huge in the 80s. They were playing Madison Square Garden. They had hits on the radio. I mean, they were on the radio all the time. And and they're, I think they have songs that they have those songs that everybody knows, you know. It's just one of those bands I cannot figure out 
the monkeys and squeeze why on earth they are not in the rock and roll hall of fame right it's just, it's just so shocking to me some of it has to come down to timing right like they can only do so many per year i know but for god's sake there's just people in there no offense that i, I just think it can wait because no offense but some of them are dead right and have been dead for 20 years or 30 years and it's okay it can wait they're still going to be dead mm -hmm. but while these bands are alive and can play and still have an, an an interactive thing with their fans right while their fans are still alive to enjoy it you know, it's thank kind you. of strange Exa exactly and i realize the fans being alive is a big part of it too i understand right but believe me, there are some people who have passed that, that will be still be dead and their fans will still be here in 20 years. Right. Like the bands that are still, you know, playing and are still together and still making new music. I, the fact that they're ignored is just weird to me. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Mary Ann Francis Cowley writes, have you checked out the new show Powerless on NBC? Nope. Have you, okay. I let, well, let me set the table for you. It basically takes place in the DC Comics universe, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, it's the, the, the show is aware that it lives in a world where there is a Superman, where there is a Batman. For example, the company that, that we're watching, it, it's, it's almost like The Office meets the Justice League, okay? Uh -huh. in, not in the sense that you see a lot of super-powered people running around, but you're living in a world where basically they design new products, to live in a superhero world like for example umbrellas that maybe could withstand a building you know dropping chunks of the building on you right so you could okay a car would be fixed so that in the event of a super villain attacking the city and there's also insurances that you can buy to make sure that in the event of like uh, Lex Luthor blowing up your building it, it's covered right so it's it's a it's a humorous take on it there's some really cool stuff in it, and I really enjoy the background characters in it. There, there's some really funny stuff there. If you are a fan of DC Comics, whether it be the comic books or the TV shows, be it Batman or Superman or whatever, you should check it out. It is funny. Okay. All right. Will do. And Thank if, you. And, and if you want to check out past episodes, they are available on Hulu. So check it out. Gary Schaller writes, Can God make a rock that is too heavy for him to lift? Of course he can. He's God. He can do anything. Well, let let me uh, let me just answer this directly to Gary. Gary, that is the stupidest question I've ever heard. <laughs> Gary, Gary's a super intelligent guy. He is, and I love he him. To go that deep on us. Metaphysical, brother. I love you, Gary. David Haltom writes: Does Amazon have a good deal on felt bottom chairs? Wait. <laughs> David Haltom writes, does Amazon have a good deal on felt bottoms for chair that sounds like elephants? And uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. You can do a search for felt bottoms on Amazon and see what comes up. Or you could just start saying, felt bottom, Amazon's got them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, One thing, stuff. we got an email from a lady named Janice Dixon. And she asked, when will Felt Bottom be touring again on the dance circuit? Now, <laughs> Felt Bottom, for those of you who did not listen to the last episode, Felt Bottom was a character that Courtney created because my chair squeaked and I put Felt Bottom things on the bottom of it to make it not squeak. 
So uh, as far as when felt bottom will dance again, I don't know. It's been a while since I danced professionally as a male stripper. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I should do it virtually, like, you know, a Skype thing. What do you think? Think people um, would be into that? Yeah, you could do that. There you mm -hmm. go. By the way, this is the chair now. Do you hear it? No, I don't. Nothing. And, and, and they bottoms. worked. They worked. The felt bottom things worked. All right, so here we are. Question number one. Bottom. Sorry. No, do it, do it. <laughs> I just said don't bottom. How come you scoot so good? <laughs> I loved it when you sang felt bottom. Just girls. like IKEA chairs should. <laughs> right. Ah, killer, killer, killer. Great stuff. Keith Combs writes. What is your favorite movie of all time? And what is your favorite song of all time? And what is your favorite TV show of all time? Let's go with favorite movie. First one that comes to your head right now, Courtney. Casino. Casino. Wow. Mm -hmm. Not too lighthearted fare. Eyeball popping and all of that. It's an amazing movie. It's so good. Yeah. It's weird. The first thing that popped into my head was Wizard of Oz. Okay. But that wasn't, that's not my answer, but it would, I guess that's the first thing that popped in my head, so I'm just going to go with it. All right. You can't go wrong with Wizard of Oz. Oh. Favorite song of all time? Message to My Girl by Split Ends. Mm. Let's play that now.
My favorite song of all time, since I already picked Day Tripper, I'm going to go with In My Life from, by The Beatles. Very nice. Great song. Favorite TV show of all time, Courtney? Sopranos. Sopranos, really? See, you're really leaning hard into gangsters today. I like it. I love it. That's my favorite type of television and film. There you I go. I do enjoy it. I also love things about Vegas. All right. Guess which, which my favorite TV show of all time is? The Monkees. No. Oh. Real uh, close. It's in, it's in like the top five. These, this is a religion to me. Oh, was it Batman? No. Um, Live long and prosper. Oh, Star Trek. I'm sorry. Yes. Hello. Duh. Yeah, it's uh, Star Trek is my favorite TV show of all time, probably because it's got uh, everything from action and humor and philosophy, and that that's really kind of important to me. Star Trek is about a better world. Actually, Star Trek is about a better universe, and it, it may be a universe where we still have problems, but we here on, on Earth have kind of worked things out, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for, right? I've never heard anyone describe Star Trek that way. That's well, pretty I'm, cool, Ken. I'm very weird. Live long and prosper with your <laughs> toast tits. You're not weird. Toast tits. <laughs> That's our new sponsor, Toast Tits. Yep. David Haltram writes, what is your favorite collectible in your collection? Oof. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, I collect mostly just music stuff, but I do have a lot of monkeys stuff. Mm-hmm. Favorite thing is probably, I don't know. Mine's a toss-up between this really cool beetle print that I have huh. or Gene Simmons' uh, signed laminate that he gave me the other night. Oh, that's cool. I guess it, I guess it's a personally signed poster from Glenn Tilburg from Squeeze. Ooh. I did, what do you call it when, this is when record stores were still around, and you'd go into the record store and they'd give you the posters, Street Team. So you do street team for your favorite band and then you get into the concert for free mm -hmm. and, or yeah. And then you get to go backstage after. So I did that for Glenn Tilburg on one of his, with his first solo album. And, um, and I brought in the poster and he personalized it to me and, uh, chatted with me for a bit, got a hug and a kiss. And it was a pretty nice, uh, meeting with Mr. Tilburg cause he can be a moody fellow. And, uh, that was a good one. Very good. Yeah, uh, so that's probably it. My parents framed it for me for Christmas. Wow. Yeah, this is a long time ago. You know, it's weird because of all the things that, what one thing would you grab and save? But to me, it probably wouldn't be anything from, from that. It would be like family photos. That would be my thing, right? Oh, yeah. Like if my house was burning down, yeah. I would, yeah, I would save my gurgling cod picture and my dad's paintings. I have my my dad does paintings and I have a bunch of them in in our house. Oh wow! We should show mm -hmm. some of his art to to our Facebook page in this thread. Oh gosh, so, he would love that. He's turned his man cave into a, a gallery. It's like a museum in there. It's pretty cool. Well, you know, anything for dad, right? I'm trying to get him to do like a kiss painting. <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? Because he loves to do these like four panel paintings, you know, of like the seasons, and then he does the days of the week with, with seven. And, you know, things like that. I think it would be cool if he did a kiss one or a monkey's one. I'm going to try and get him to do that. He mostly does landscapes. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Our next question, this one seems like an advice question. Keith Combs writes, I asked my pastor if it would be okay if I stopped listening to Kiss and only listened to soft rock. 
He replied, Have you ever been hit in the head with a soft rock? So, Ken, have you ever been hit in the head with a soft rock? Yeah, I've been hit in the head by disco, too. I've been hit in the head by punk and country and all sorts of things. God bless your pastor, but uh, God really doesn't care what kind of music that you listen to. He cares about what's in your heart. And I would like to remind you of the, if you open up the sacred book of Kiss, there is the verse, God gave rock and roll to you. That's right, he did. Yeah, so he there gave you go. It, it's in the souls of everyone. It's in the souls of everyone. And I love soft rock. You do? I, yes, I do. I like it a lot, actually. You I know, listen I, to I, a lot of it. When, when I'm working, I like to listen to... I, I, I'm, I'm a graphic artist by trade. And when I'm working, or especially when I have a deadline, I like to listen to 60s rock and pop. Mm-hmm. And 70s soft rock, like yeah, stuff like Barry Manilow rock. and the Osmonds and stuff like that. It's weird, but things like Jim Croce, you know, just put it on an oldie station and let it go. I really like yeah. that stuff, like sailing. Oh, speaking of sailing, Mark Konzorowski says, what about yacht rock? What, love it. You love yacht rock? I do. I was supposed to go to this show called Mustache Harbor, actually, a couple of weeks ago when I got really sick. And that's what they do. They do the Yacht Rock. Like, I, I'll post my um, Soft Rock playlist on the pop page because I spent a lot of time on this. I think it took me, like, three months to, mm-hmm. of adding and just deleting. I'm a little bit crazy with my playlist. You are OCD with your playlist. I, I am. But, like, like some of the songs I have on here are, mm-hmm. like, Peter Chris, Tears, Take It Easy On Me, Little River Band, Stuck mm-hmm. In The Middle With You, Steeler's Wheel, which, of course, Jerry Rafferty. I love Jerry Rafferty. And... Let's see what else is in here. Sleeping Angel, Stevie Nicks, Secondhand News, Fleetwood Mac, Sail on Sailor, The Beach Boys. Obviously, I'm in the... When You're in Love with a Beautiful Woman, Dr. Hook, When You Walk in the Room, Paul Carrick. Is Lady on there by uh, the Little River Band? It absolutely is. Good, good. Cool Change? Is Cool Change on there? Yeah, they both are. I love the Little River, Little River Band. I have a bunch of Little River Band on here. By the way, that's LRB to their real fans. LRB. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've laid it. Let me take a look at you. Yeah. yeah, I've got Lady. I've got. I even have Lonesome Loser, which isn't really soft rock. It's a little more rock, but it's a little um, too much. You're rocking yeah. the boat at that point. I know. I got Boss Gag, Slow Down, Minute by Minute, The Doobie Brothers. There's some good soft rock on here. So Courtney's all about the yacht rock. Who knew? Who knew? Oh, I love it. Christina Green writes, Okay, whatever became of the cute 70s actress who was in a remake of the Champ film, Goldie and the Boxer. She was also in a short-lived sitcom called Me and Sam, a made-for-TV movie film called Broken Promise. She looked a lot like Kristen Dunst. Now, do you even remember this show? No, I don't even know who this person is. Well, check this out. Goldie in a Boxer was a made-for-TV film starring O.J. Simpson as Joe Gallagher, a down-on-his-luck boxer whose life and career undergo a change when an orphan little girl named Goldie, Melissa Michelson, is left in his care. Jeez. Wow. So, I checked it out, (laughs) and it seems like she's still doing some stuff every so often. But her, her, her IMDB page is not that big. But, but she did some stuff. Check it out. Go to I, IMDB. Oh, she's in the Billingsley family. She's yeah. Peter Billingsley's sister, I see. Okay. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So when you, you know, th- that's that's why she looks so familiar, you know. Okay, yeah. He's, um, 
I like Peter Billingsley. He's a good actor. He's funny. He's a good director. And mm-hmm. um, he's really good friends with Vince Vaughn. So uh, I used to do this comedy show, and Vince Vaughn used to always come there because, um, like, uh, he was doing stand-up for a little bit, and then one of his best friends ran the show, and Peter Billingsley was always there mm-hmm. to watch the show. From what I understand, Miss Michelson has spent some time as a representative for New York's Morgan's Hotel Group. So that's probably what she's doing now. She was compared to Shirley Temple back in the day. They were trying oh, with to, the curls. Yeah, they were trying to get her to be the next Shirley Temple, but it didn't quite take off. So, Wow, that's a show I, I barely remember anything about, right? Mm-hmm. Steve Bertram writes, How many licks does it take to get to a Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? Courtney? Steve. Steve and his... Steve is a big, big music fan. I'm surprised that he didn't ask us anything about music, but um, I don't know. That's a silly question, Steve. Well, I'm thinking it goes something like this. A one, a two, a three. (laughs) That's how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll pop. Thomas O'Reilly writes, Who is your favorite Beatle? The age-old question. Who is your favorite Beatle, Courtney? Ringo. Ringo? Why Ringo? I always like the drummers. You like the drummers, eh? Peace and love. Peace and love. Well, I'm a big fan of the... uh, We've talked about this before. I'm a fan of the All-Star Band. Mm -hmm. I I love that stuff. I mean, I also love... I mean, of course I love the Beatles. Mm -hmm. I just like Ringo. I don't know. He was always my favorite when I was a kid. I'm... This is impossible, right? Yeah. Do you go with, like, John, and he's got, like, all these ranges of things, and then there's Paul, who's, like, the ultimate showman, you know, and George, my God, he's, like, this aloof, wonderful thing, you know, it's just, what do you do? So, overall, overall, I'm going to say Paul McCartney. Overall, I'm going to say Paul McCartney. Plus, he's one hell of a ba- bass player. I don't think he gets enough credit at all. Mm. Kathy Riggs Williams writes, how many minutes of editing time per minute aired? Wow, that's a great question. It depends, right? For example, if let's say we're recording and one person's mic is turned down real low and I have to go in and manually boost that person up that really increases the editing time, right? And then there's shows where we have a lot of sound effects and music and stuff like that. Those can be a little harder to get to where I want them to be. Really, and you know as a, as a producer of TV shows, for example, Courtney, it's kind of the same thing. How much work do you want to put into it, right? True. What's your vision at the final end of it like sometimes they're they're just a breeze you can just have a great conversation everything's going great and boom you just generate the show pretty much slap the artwork on and it's done but we do everything here in-house it's uh everything from the graphics to the website to uh everything all, all the production's done here and uh so gosh i'm gonna say on a really great recording, not much time. On a crappy recording, there's some that it takes forever. Let's one just day, say Ken disappears for like a few days and no one hears from him. That's that's I'm editing. That's uh, when he's editing. Yeah, the other day on the Zilch Facebook uh, page, 
I did like a live thing of how long how long it took me to edit an episode. And I was doing it in real time. Like, okay, we're at like 28 minutes in and it took me like 45 minutes to get that much done, right? So 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 you you kind of get an idea. I'm going to say 4 hours for every episode. And that goes from wow. the, and, and I'm going to say that's from recording to cutting out the stuff you don't want and adding the songs and stuff like that. So we'll That's say f- true. Yeah. So we're going to say at least four hours per episode. Sometimes Ken and I talk for like three, four hours. <laughs> because we get along so good and life is good. It is good, but we just keep going. Keep going. Nothing wrong with it. Our next one, Jennifer Souza Rainier writes, Who do you think are the most overrated and underrated musicians ever? Ooh. Gosh. Overrated. Yeah. Ooh. I don't really I don't like judging people by their talents. Right. Uh, I have trouble with that. Yeah, but see I'm not gonna look at it like that. I'm looking at it by like how like, for example, Rolling Stone will say this act is great beat. For example, U two. I love U two. I like so much of U two. On yes. the other hand, I also think that they're very overrated in many ways. Yes. Like like, like the best of U two is fantastic you you just transcend it but then there's a lot of stuff that isn't their best right mm-hmm. like for example nobody ever puts out an album called the worst of the guest who or uh the the, <laughs> the worst of the doors the worst of yeah. the beatles things like that it's always the best so we we tend to concentrate on that but i know that when i was younger i used to look at the eagles and think man they were so overrated and yeah, as I got older, I can hear the catalog differently. I'll tell you one band that I think is overrated, and I'll probably get a lot of hell for this. ACDC. Hmm. I love ACDC. I have everything they have ever done. But they kind of have three songs, right? Thunderstruck, Back in Black, Shook Me All Night Long. Well, no, I don't even mean it like that. It's kind of like if you drove up to the ACDC Extra Value Mail, right? All of their albums are like, here's this tempo song, and here's this tempo song, and here's this tempo song. They pretty much have three speeds. But the great thing about ACDC, like, for example, if you listen to Kiss, you don't know what you're going to get. You might get music from The Elder. You might get disco pop from Unmasked to Dynasty to Creatures of the Night, something really hard, hair metal type or, or, or regular hard rock. So you don't know what you're getting, like with Kiss. Every album could be different, right? Right, With right. ACDC, they've been serving up the same Big Mac forever. And, and, and when you want ACDC's Big Mac, you know exactly where to go to get it, right? True. But as go far... Go to the ACDC store. Yeah, go... Yeah, a- ACDC.com. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you listen to ACDC, you know what you're... You know exactly what to expect. When, for example, you're never going to buy an ACDC album and have like uh, my man Chingy, you know, ACDC with Chingy on rap. You know what I'm saying? It's never going to happen. They're never going to do a dance remix. It's they well, they won't. I can tell you who I think one of the most underrated bands of all time is, and okay, because they're a band that I really love. Is Enough's Enough. Oh yeah, yeah. They they never got the credit that they deserve. Not at all. And they, and they have so many good songs. So many. I'm going to mention my most underrated album of all time. What? The New Monkeys album. 
Oh, good call. Yeah. Nobody gave that album any love. No, they didn't. I loved that album. I had, I had, well, I had the tape. Mm-hmm. I loved my cassette. I played it out. I played it till I just messed it up till I needed that pencil. And you know what's sad it. is I remember like not giving them a chance ever, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when I finally got into them a couple of years ago, I was blown away by how good the album is. It's great 80s pop and rock. It is. It's very poppy. It's very fun. I loved the theme song to the New Monkees. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we play uh, one of my favorite songs with my buddy Marty Ross on lead vocals. Yeah. This is one we sing around the house all the time. You know which one it's going to be? I don't. Burning Desire by the New Monkees with Marty Ross on lead vocals. Let's check it out. Love that song. Love that song. You like that one? That's good. Those harmonies are great. Absolutely. Oh, I lo- I like that whole album. The whole album's great. If you it, seriously, if 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 you're at a a used record store and you find this album, pick it up. It's really good. New Monkeys. Most underrated 
album of all time as far as I'm concerned. Great stuff. It's it's sad that they weren't given the chance by anybody. And uh, I'm, I apologize to the new monkeys because I didn't give them a chance either until recently. So bad Ken. Bad Ken. It was easier for girls to give them a chance because they were cute. And, we, and, and they were dreamy. So we gave them a chance. <laughs> dreamy. We gave them a chance. And then they fit the music, fit the style at the time of like what young girls were listening to. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I was 14 maybe. That, wait, how old was I in 19? I was 14. So I was the, I was that, the perfect demo. There you go. So you were the target audience. Oh, for sure. Teenage girls, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have Marty Ross on an upcoming episode very soon. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. Marty knows a lot about music, too, and he's such a, not just a, you know, a good musician and everything, but he's like a genuine fan. Mm-hmm. And to hear him talk about music, and I follow his posts um, when he, in the I Love Power Pop. Uh, group on Facebook and he always shares really terrific music and he always has really interesting fun things to say about it and he's an interesting guy I'm looking forward to that it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. very good I can't wait Tilt Azaria writes how far back in time are you willing to go with your pop culture examinations hmm. Hmm. that's a really good question that is I think that we will go back to when people were able to record stuff, like, for example, if someone came up and said, hey, we got the first thing ever recorded, let's discuss it. I could do that. I could be into that, you know? Yeah, I, we could do a whole episode about how they used to talk and film. Like, yeah. won't you sit down? How do you do? Say, trick say, you know. Well, the thing that always freaked me out about movies is I thought, well, did people really talk like that back in the 40s? Now, listen here. See, this is how it's going to go down. The cop is going to come in here, and this is how it's going to go. Listen here, Courtney. Yeah. We're going to do a podcast. Now, here's the thing. Could you imagine if we did podcasts, talking as a mess? I just don't have the energy for it. No, we wouldn't be able to do that. But I love that talk, that film noir. And yeah. I just love I love that so much. My One of my best friends, uh, every time we call each other, we and you know how you always have that thing when you call your best friends? Mm-hmm. You answer the phone the same way or like, greet hello. each other the same way. Yeah, something stupid. Yeah. We always say, say, Mac, what gives? <laughs> Listen here, Buster. It's as simple as this. <laughs> <laughs> say, mister. Listen, oh, see, mister. I'm going to smack the truth out of you. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Like, you'd always get, like, one guy would be like, Listen here, this is how it's going to go. You're going to pick that thing up and you're going to put it over there. <laughs> now, wait a minute, bub. You know, that, then there's that guy. <laughs> Tilt also writes, is there some show or moment on TV where you seem to be the only person who saw it and no one else remembers it? I don't, but people like to tell me that there was a monkey's cartoon, and there was not a monkey's cartoon. I'm telling you, there should have been, but there was not. Every so often, someone pops up on the monkey's thing and says, does anybody remember the monkey's cartoon? And they'll show like an animated drawing of the monkeys that somebody did, right? Or... But there was never a monkey's yeah. um, cartoon. Yeah, no. Have you heard about this syndrome where collectively people remember something happening and like when they go back and watch it, it's different? Have you heard about that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, your memory, it changes over the years. Yeah. So that's pretty much every show that was on in the 70s. I remember like thinking, wow, Starsky and Hutch is just cutting edge stuff. And then you watch it now and it's like, paint drying 
takes so long to get across the room. Like if they say, we're going to drive across town, they show them driving across town. I just don't get that. Anyway. The lovely Cindy Large writes, if you could be any TV character in the history of television, who would it be and why? Hmm. Wait, can you read that again? If you could be any TV character in the history of television, who would you be and why? So, like, I can't say Paul McCartney because he's not a TV character, even though he was on TV. So it's got to be right. a TV show character. Hmm. If I could be any TV show character, who would it be and why? Oh, God, I don't know how to answer that. I don't I'm, know. I'm going to say Spock because okay. he's cool. And chicks dig him. Yeah, chicks dig him. I guess I would want to be Nurse Jackie. Nurse Jackie? Wow. I don't know. She was the most selfish person. <laughs> That character is the most selfish person ever and a liar. Maybe that's not a good person to be. I don't know. And it's weird Um, I didn't pick, like, Superman because I could have done anything, right? Yeah, that's true. Damn fool that I am. I don't know. There's no one I'd want to be. I never really think like that. That's not how my brain works. Uh Oh, I wish I was that person. I mean, I think that way when I'm out of work and there's people working. I wish I was that person working. But I never wish I was someone else or go into a dream state of fantasy like that where I, where I could get there in my brain that I wish I was like a, a, a character. Like I want to be Spock. I want to be Kirk. I want to be Batman. I'll tell you one thing that would have been different if I were Batman. Uh-huh. There would have been a bunch of episodes of me zooming Catwoman big time. <laughs> I'd be like, Robin, you got homework to do. You're staying here. <sighs> me and Julie Newmar are going to go hang out. Batman no. wouldn't have had as much time to, to fight crime because he'd be too busy going to concerts. Well, I would be <laughs> hanging out with Catwoman. That that would be it. It would be True. like getting dressed up in this kick-ass car and this kick-ass costume. And I'm picking up Julie Newmar. Who like, Julie Newmar used to go to the monkeys conventions in the 80s when I, when I went. She was a sweet lady. She had a restaurant uh-huh. called Eat a Pita. Eat a Pita. Uh huh. On Fairfax, it closed uh-huh. down. But we used to go there in high school just because it was Julie Newmar's. Let but it was pretty you, good. Let me ask you a question: Is there somebody that, even though they're like ancient, like really old, that you still yeah. have a crush on? Like oh, well Peter Tork, of course. I can see that. I oh can God, see why. he looks great. He does, and he hasn't lost anything personality-wise or mental speed. You know what I mean? He's just on top of it. Great guy. Great guy too. Love yeah, his philosophies. No. But Julie Newmar, I mean, I think she's still sexy. You know what I mean? Uh, Anne Margaret, good Lord. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, good looking. I'm mm. trying to think who's like old that I still think is super hot. Uh, Paul Stanley, but he's not that old. Um, At least he doesn't look it. I mean, he's in tremendous shape. Yeah, he's pretty ripped up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to tell you this. Your wife might be interested to know this too. One of uh, our listeners who had a question for us, Ryan Bailey, who is the co-host of Daddy Love Me podcast on um, Nerdist, mm-hmm. their friend, I, I don't know if it's him or Susie, the other, the other host, goes to this cardio bar studio in the Valley and Paul Stanley is in the class. Oh my God. So he does like Pilates and cardio bar, almost like, it's like ballet almost. Wow. And that's why he's so toned and flexible. I guess he didn't go for a while after his concussion, obviously. Yeah. 
Wow, that blows my mind. So he has a question for us? He does. Introduce him again. Ryan Bailey. Ryan um, is the co-host of Daddy Love Me, which is a very funny podcast with Susie Henschel. She's hilarious, and Mm -hmm. she will be 100% uh, a guest on Pop. Um, She's really fun to talk about pop culture and mm-hmm. all kinds of odds in it. She knows all weird random shit like we do too. Right. And, um, and she's very, very funny. So he asked, what was your worst date ever? Ooh, gosh. Um, hmm. Wow. Yeah. You got one? My worst date was, the, it was the whole weekend that was shot uh, mm-hmm. with this person. And in the middle of this awful it was terrible. By the way, I never kissed this person. Not like nothing physical happened between me and this person. Like it was that awful. Yeah. Um, yes. And uh, we went to dinner at a sushi restaurant. And this is up in um, Sunnyvale, like near San Jose, which is like amazing sushi places. And it's a very nice neighborhood. And we went to this sushi place in a strip mall. I was trying to keep it not too expensive, you know. Right. And he kept insisting. And, and he told me ahead of time that he liked sushi and had had California rolls before because he was from the midwest from a city Mm -hmm. in the midwest and said that he'd had them and i said okay well then you'll like sushi in california it's the best ever it's so good so he insisted that he wanted fried rice and all these chinese dishes that they didn't have and he kept arguing with me that they did have it and that they would make it and i said but no you're you're looking for chinese food this is japanese food it's different (laughs) And he asked the waiter, can I get some fried rice? And can I, can you make me fried rice? And he was describing a Chinese fried rice. And the waiter's like, no, we don't do that here. And he got really angry and was angry at him and angry at me instead of just admitting he was wrong. So he's like, you know what? I saw a Chinese place on our way here. I'm just going to go because there was another one in the strip mall. I'm just going to go get fried rice there. I'll be back. And then he left me in the restaurant to eat dinner by myself. He went to the Chinese restaurant, got a fried rice he had the little takeout box and he sat outside the restaurant on a bench in the window and ate his fried rice and then looked back at me waving like don't worry about me i'm fine i'm fine like like it was all about him and then i ended up having to pay oh no for everything yes that totally sucks he was so crazy i never spoke to him again after that still haven't and i've heard other crazy stories about his behavior from fellow people in the comedy world. This was a comedian whose name I will not mention. Wow. Yes. Super crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I got you beat or not, but this is a true story. Mm-hmm. I just went through a divorce, right? And I was at the Rite Aid pharmacy and this woman came walking up to me and I noticed she was following me around. She said, Hey, um, you seem like a really cool guy, right? And I said, thank you, I think. And she introduced herself and she says, and I'm thinking, well, she's hitting on me. This is great, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes, you're, you're very cute. And I don't know how to say this. And I'm like, I'm liking where this is going, right? And she says, and I said, and would you like to go out sometime? She says, uh, I can't. I'm married, but... I have a friend and she hasn't been out on a date in a very long time and I would like to set her up with you. And I was told I was her type, whatever that meant, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Bad ripoff of John Belushi. 
I don't know, Jack Black, you know, wannabe. I don't know what my type is. I don't know. But anyhow, so she said, would you be interested? And I said, I just kind of got out of a thing. Yeah, but it would be good. She, you know, maybe this is a good thing for you. And I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. She gives me her number. She gives her my number, and the girl calls me. We set up to go see a movie. We're just going to go see a movie. And I took her to this place called Terra first. Terra is this place that looks like Terra from Gone with the Wind, right? Okay. And the whole thing's set up. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's like a mansion, and it's got restaurants in it. And, and it's a hotel that you can stay at. And, and I took her there, and it was really cool. And I've taken girls there before, and they were very impressed. This girl wasn't. Okay. She sits she she sits across the table from me and she says, I want you to know something. I'm just not into you. Oh. Um, and I don't want you to think that anything's gonna happen. And I said, Okay. Um all right. So here's what we're gonna do. I can take you home now, or we can just go along with the rest of the night. And she said, Well, we you know, I I see the movie. Fine, okay. So we had dinner at this really nice restaurant inside the the mansion thing there. And then I took her to see Toy Story. Remember the movie Toy Story? Yes. I took her to see that. And at this point, I'm like, so I'm just going to have fun come what may, right? Uh Uh-huh. So I just totally get lost in the movie. She doesn't even exist to me anymore, you know. I'm having a good time no matter what. So I'm really digging Toy Story. I'm like freaked out by how good Toy Story is. And yeah. so we get back in the car and I said, well, do you want me to take you home or not? And she said, uh, yeah. And I said, do you care if we stop for drinks somewhere? And there was a bar that I was, I was in bands at the time. And there was a bar where some friends of mine had a band that were playing. And we went in and they said, come on, get up here. I sang Enter Sandman, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was really cool. And I sang uh, uh, another song. And she, like, looked at me different from then on, right? So we we get back in the car, and she's all over me, like, boom. Mm-hmm. And I basically reminded her that I'm not her type. <laughs> she's not <laughs> interested in me. Because she really kind of pissed me off. I don't know what her trip was, right? But that that seriously was one of the worst dates I have ever had. Yeah. Uh, turned out okay in the end, but uh, when she called me back like later the next day, I said, I'm really not into you. It was kind of like sweet revenge. <laughs> yeah. I've been dumped in bad ways, too, but we can do that on another show. Yeah. The, the heartbreaks of Ken and Courtney will be back after these messages. Mm-hmm. Not even thankfully, mention... we both found our soulmates and we're happily married to wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Very lucky. Very lucky. Now, the lovely Carolee Berg-Cohen and Debbie Lang was also going to ask the same question, but are you ready? Okay. Boxers or briefs? Oh, yeah. I'm going to let you answer that one first. Uh, what do I like looking at on a dude? Sure, you can go that angle. I was asking you what you wear, boxers or briefs. <laughs> no, I just wear cotton, mm-hmm. cotton underwear. Right. I don't know. That's kind of private. Yeah. I like both. You like both on a guy? Sure. I kind of like boxers 
you know, because you can you can pretty much walk around the house in boxers and like people don't look at it as strictly underwear. You know what I'm saying? You can almost answer your door in boxers, right? Whereas briefs, you look like you're in your underwear. You I don't, do. I don't know what the distinction is, but you know, both. And sometimes commando, ladies. That's right. Boxer briefs, commando. Hot. Free balling. <laughs> yeah, I like. I like boxer briefs. I think if, yeah, if a guy answers the door in tidy whities there's something creepier about that as opposed to answering the door in boxers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, very good. And the lovely Debbie Lang, who was also going to ask that question, her backup question was, a genie in the lamp gives you three wishes. What would they be? Number one, more wishes. Hmm. Unlimited wishes. A million wishes. No, I'm unlimited because I could go through them real fast. Yeah, but you always know that that can't be a wish. Right. You can't wish for more wishes. Yeah. And peace on earth and love for all mankind. Those are my one, two, three. Yours? Okay. I guess I would wish, I guess I would wish for $100 million and I would wish for all the pain that I'm having physically to go away. Um, Me too. All right. Forget the peace on earth thing. I'm going with the no pain and the hundred yeah. million dollars too. That's my backup. Yeah, the no pain. And then I wish that um, I can continue doing what I love for a living and being around people that make me happy. I would just wish for all my friends and family to be healthy. That's so really be here for the, the most you can hope for, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, you know what? We had one more question. Yes. From Doug. So we had a question from Doug for on Facebook, and it was, when will, basically he's asking, when, when do you think Gene and Paul will finally have Bruce Kulick on the Kiss Cruise? Gosh, uh, I don't know, because it should have happened by now, right? Right. I would like to say this year, but they just announced that, like, Steel Panther is going to be there, so I don't... They are? Yeah, yep. Oh, love them. So there well. you go. There goes the comedy portion of the, sh- of the ship. I guess well, Craig and I won't be back. <laughs> but but as far as I, I, I don't know because they should do it. The cruise thing has really taken off. Like everybody has a cruise thing, right? I know. As a matter of fact, did you hear about the horrible accident at the uh, uh, Overeaters Anonymous cruise? No. What happened? They announced a Rick Springfield meet and greet and... Half of the people went to one side of the boat, and the boat started tipping. Stop it. And then there was, and the captain immediately sprang into action and said, we're opening up a free buffet on the other side. It equalized everything out. Stop it. That's a joke. I made that up. That's horrible. You I'm, did. I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. Well, Courtney, I had some fun today. I felt I got to know a little bit more about you as a person. Yeah, Same. Got to learn some things, some fun stuff. It was fun to talk about anything and everything with our listeners. And I'd like to do this again sometime on Ask Ask Us Us Anything. Anything. Wow, you really went long on that one. I did. All right. So we'll see you on the next episode of Pop. Right, Courtney? That's right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. 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 And that's our show. Pop is an online, nonprofit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. 
Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the POP staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever POP is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. Okay, all right. We'll be back very soon with a new episode of Pop. We Shut up, dog. Editing. People talk and then they say some things. Sometimes they say some things they don't mean to say. And that's why editing is fun for me. Hang on. Well, you know, by the way, I want to apologize. See, see, I... (coughs) Rough. Okay. That'll be in the bloopers. Bon, flaky, gooey, tosasuro. Say goodnight, Dick.